and spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania. Hi and welcome. This is uh, episode four of the WrestleMania podcast, where we uh, break down all the goings on in the Justice League. And this week we're joined by our first ever guest, the um, retired manager of uh, Brosev Stalin, the, the legend, Mike Green, not the Capitals defenseman, but uh, he's on with us. Um, and uh, as well as my co-host, Chris. How are you doing this week, Chris? I'm doing pretty well. I've already exceeded last week's goalie start, so I'm a little less stressed managing my team this week. And uh, happy to chat with a uh, guy I've known for a long time and a former manager. Hear what's going on with him these days. So, uh, Mike, I'm also on the West Coast now and trying to do the West Division of the Justice League a little, little better than you did us. But uh, where are you living in on the West Coast now? Well, I'm not quite on the West Coast. I'm in Golden. Well, you're just talking about how uh, fantasy hockey has been going for you uh, since you left. So, are you still involved in that? Yeah, so we've done a couple of work pools, but we, we do the one of the ones where it's like you draft your team at the start of the year and then at like three checkpoints throughout the year, you get to do like one ad draw. Uh, wow. So, you know, it's just like really cut down on the, the hours that you need to put in. So I don't know how you're finding it, but I just would always find it's like you like you're wake up late for work, you like rush to work and then like halfway through your work day, you're like, oh, crap, lineups are locked. And yeah, so that was definitely my undoing. <laughs> so it's... Uh, some weeks I'd set it for the whole week, but uh, yeah, just like taking that aspect on of it's been huge. Yeah, it's definitely funny being like not even done work yet and games are starting. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I, I don't even have a chance to set my lineup. Like I'm not thinking about a coffee break and then all of a sudden exactly. the day's over. Yeah. And I like little disclaimer, like, so there's people that we work with, but then you also have like random, like people's like dads and stuff are in the yeah. group. So we have these like 80 year old guys who are like phoning in on speakerphone and they'll be like round seven and they'll be like is malkin available <laughs> uh so that part of it's been nice the competition's been a little bit different so i've definitely flourished there do you Fair find enough. do you find that there's a lot of uh like canucks homers like i feel like doing fantasy in ontario it's like the leaf guys always go early or it's a lot of buzz about them do you find that with the canucks at west yeah you'll get canucks for sure and then I've, there's also the the oilers and flames guys on here too so not too many people uh snatching up the montreal guys that's for sure so you get a little a couple sneaky guys in there maybe we should go there um your halves are looking good this year uh do you have any comments or thoughts on their their performance this year do you think they can keep it up and so i kind of related to ubc basketball UBC basketball is always like a powerhouse and they're always ranked like second or third in the nation, but they're always going up against like schools that you've never heard of. Like they play Brandon and Thompson rivers and all these other schools. And I kind of feel like that's what's happening in the Canadian division. And I feel like everyone's kind of inflated uh, Toronto and Montreal here. And I don't know. I just look at some of these other teams and who they're playing against like on the, the regular. And I, I think it's going to be a bit of a, a rude awakening come playoff time. So I know Toronto likes to start playing in their parades, you know, early anyways, <laughs> but uh, 
as much as I love to see it and I, I love to see the, the guys kind of playing well, it's, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see how it uh, translates to, to the playoffs. Yeah, you, I can tell you're not a Leafs fan by that humble take. Like, <laughs> you're just like totally mellow. Um, I feel like I was really surprised by a lot of the guys in the Canadians this year. Like, thinking of their roster ahead of time, I was like, who do they even have? Yeah. And it's been fun too, though. Like, and especially being in Vancouver, I love seeing Toffoli do well. Um, it's just like yeah. a great, you know, you bring that up with any Canucks fan and they, yeah, they don't like that. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> of course. Um, speaking of Canucks, so like, have you found that on the West Coast, it's pretty diehard hockey, or is it like less of a big deal than uh, back home? Yeah, it's definitely less of a big deal. But in back home in Toronto, like, you also get more like things are diluted, right? Like you you also have people that are like big Raps fans, big Jays fans, and you definitely don't have that same thing here. Um, right. I don't know if, what's a, it's like in Golden too, but the other thing too is like it doesn't seem like anyone in Vancouver is from Vancouver. So everyone <laughs> that I know is from Ontario. So I'm still surrounded by Leaf fans. So it's, you move kind of the other side of the country to get away from it and you just can't escape it. So They're everywhere, uh, man, absolutely. Uh, and it's like when when you were allowed going to, to games here too, like I've – gone to both games or every game Montreal's played because they just are here once a year so I always try to go to the games and like the entire arena is red jerseys and it's the same thing yeah. like when the Leafs are in town it's just like everyone's a Leaf fan maybe we'll see a Vancouver Seattle rivalry develop coming up be, yeah and apparently the tickets are already expensive like I remember trying to look into just like games and like what they would be like ballpark but um yeah they're they're pretty crazy already on the gates yeah it should be exciting um keeping on the theme of the nhl this year it sounds like you're a little down on the north division do you have any predictions for who you think is gonna win the cup this year <laughs> so uh i'll give you a little insight into my my gambling habits but i threw down a bunch of like parlay bets where i tried to pick um who was gonna win like every league yeah um so i had colorado for most of them I did one that actually had Ottawa after the first game of the season. So that one's not looking so hot, but I was like, they had like these crazy odds. And I remember watching them play. I was like, man, these guys are going to be good. So <laughs> that's a little shout out to the, the likely boys on, on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I liked Philly too at the start of the season. So a little love for you there, Pete. Um, but the problem was on every single ticket that I did, I, I just did little like two, $3 bets, but I did yeah. 10 of them. And I had Kansas City winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. really matter who I picked off you was. I'm in a little bit of trouble there. Ah, oh, damn. Well, I hope that's not a, a Flyers jinx, but I appreciate the, the support. Yeah. Um, I do remember, to give you credit, like I didn't think the Habs were legit at all. I thought it was kind of a joke they got into the playoffs last year. But like the Philly-Montreal series, I was like, we are not the better team. Like we're winning these games, but like Flyers are getting out shot. Like Montreal's just really deep and had some really solid players. So yeah. I'll say I'm a believer. I don't know about a cup, but I think they could yeah, come yeah. out of that division for sure. I like how things can line up this year though. It's like, you could have a Montreal Boston final. You could have like a Montreal or a, like Toronto Boston final and things like that. Just yeah. like the possibility of that I think is pretty cool. So yeah, I'm not a, a huge believer in the North Division, but it's you never know. It's like until you get into those circumstances and see how they match up, it's like anything can happen. So I think it's it's definitely exciting too, like the opportunity for rivalry this year, where like I feel like every Leafs game, I'm like, oh sick, like they're playing 
Montreal again, or they're playing Ottawa again, and I, that's been really fun to watch. Like, yeah. I think that'll get better time. as like the season goes too, and like the games just start meaning more and more and more. Like all those rivalries are just going to heat up, and it's been kind of wild too with COVID. Like I know even uh, because of some cancellations, like St. Louis and Arizona just played seven games straight against each other. So yeah. I feel like they're kind of manufacturing these like mini. Um, I don't know, playoff rivalries yeah yeah i don't know how it's been for you guys but um with our like basketball league it's the same way it's just like games just keep getting postponed and like you're sitting down and like you like we set our lineups like once a week and you're looking at okay who's playing four games this week versus two yeah. and then it's like yeah like two of the games gets canceled and then like one guy is sick for another game and it's like yeah it's been a tough go but that's one of those things we can't change the setting once the league starts so we're kicking ourselves on that one yeah I think it's it's really been interesting with hockey seeing how like all the Canadian teams are pretty much clean. Yeah. And and it's been like I wasn't really thinking about that when we were drafting, but being like, wow, damn, like the Canadian players, like I have Quinn Hughes, and obviously he's been yeah. dynamic, but he's also played more games all than anyone games, else. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly, yeah. if you have like a Buffalo guy, he's played ten games. That's yeah. been interesting to see. And that'll be interesting too, because the way it sounds like they're going to reschedule those games will still be like, it'll still be in like fantasy regular season. It sounds like eh? it's getting close. I think yeah. like they're really packing it in. I, from what I'd heard, they don't want to stretch the season out too late because it could uh, have a conflict with the Olympics. So mm. there's uh there's that, but I don't know. Knock on wood, I guess that more games don't get pushed, but we'll, we'll see how it, how it ends up. That'll just be interesting for like, yeah, I don't know, trade implications and stuff like that for fantasy guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Guys with really heavy like playoff schedules or even like final weeks when you're vying for position. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Darn, I wish you had dropped that pro before we started recording. I could have <laughs> leveraged yeah, that. Yeah, we'll have to cut that out so people don't <laughs> yeah. get wise that. Um, I well, think it's been really tough in hockey too, because we have the minimum starts for goalies. So like right. if you're goalies don't uh play three games you lose all the goaltending categories so that's yeah, I'm familiar with that rule i've been on the wrong end of that so <laughs> i was gonna ask like uh as a veteran of that is there any advice you could offer to the managers that are struggling to set their lineups or find goalies i just feel like if people start taking advice from me they're in trouble already but uh, <laughs> uh yeah i don't know it's look for the guys the the team's playing back to backs and then try to pick up some some backups i feel like is always the play it was always like fun trying to like sneak in that like Sunday start of a backup yeah. goalie to see if you could like edge out like one of the categories. Well, has the, I I know in in Toronto and in Ontario there'd be turmoil over the goaltending uh, if it was like what's happening in Vancouver. Is that like a, a hot topic these days? Yeah. Demko versus Holtby, or I don't know. It's like end of the day if they're not winning, everyone's looking for for something to kind of pick at. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's half my job I work it's like small talk and most of the day just like gravitates around like talking sports and you'll just have such like wild opinions and I just find like the I work with like a lot of old people with arthritis and just like you get into like the 60s 70s and everyone's got hot takes on everything so um I don't know I had a, a fellow in today actually who uh, he used to be with neighbors with Wayne Gretzky and he's just oh, wow. dropping all these stories about Wayne Gretzky playing charades and how he just like was a terrible charades guy and all these things <laughs> um that's like a bit of a sidebar but he's always got some hot takes on the canucks so uh yeah he's he's good for a couple lines 
That's great. I have to say, like, I'm not at all surprised that Gretzky's terrible at trades. I just feel like acting was not his thing. Yeah. That's funny. It's only so much talent that can fit in one person, you know, like it wouldn't be fair otherwise. Yeah. So what are the, uh, what's the league looking like? Who's, uh, who are the early favorites? Uh, how many keepers uh, along the lines of like Neil Yakupov are, are floating around? <laughs> um, I'll, uh, I'll share my screen with you, Mike, so you can see the standings. Can I get, without looking, I'm going to guess that I feel like, other peter or like peter taylor i feel like he's gonna be a sneaky favorite so i'm gonna guess it'll be him followed by followed by tim no followed by jordan followed by charlie those that would be my guess for top three that is interesting because while you were right on some parts you were not right on all um peter taylor's done a great job of taking over your roster um But he is in 12th this season, which is kind of shocking because he's, yeah, like made the playoffs every year since uh, inheriting your your team. But he is a uh, ha-ha-ho. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> a little down at the bottom, but he's he's kind of got like unlucky. I think he's played against some tough teams. Jordan started out really strong. Um, yeah. He's in eighth. And he kind of got uh, unlucky with both of his goalies yeah. are – Robin Leonard is hurt and he has both Dallas goalies who like are getting games canceled left, right and center. So I find that funny too. Obviously it's like in an arena, but just like hockey games getting canceled because of snow seems kind of funny. It's funny too. Cause I feel like we're so desensitized to like games getting postponed. Like I feel like that would have been a really big deal any other year. Like what? They're not Mm. playing all week, but now it's like, Oh yeah. Like another game canceled. Like they'll make it up later. Yeah. Yeah, there's no um, sympathy either when everyone else is like, I'm losing four or five games anyways. I love seeing the discrepancy here in number of moves also. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah, how ha 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 is 21 not doing so hot, Amplification 3. Yeah, but then the top two teams with, you know, five or less moves. So the this is Reese, heart attack. Wow, yeah, I would not have guessed that. It's a new team name, new identities. Wow, uh, time for he's a, been crushing a giant it heart attack. Year. Yeah. <laughs> and then she classic, uh, yeah, yeah. kept his name. Um, I'm in third and then Charlie, who you, you pegged as a, a top teams in fourth. So he's right there. Who are the Calgary uh, weathermen? Give me a rundown of the other names. I know some of them, but I'm the Calgary weatherman named after Ron McLean, of course. Yeah, <laughs> That's great. Um, as good as gold is, uh, Kyle, the happy toes gang is Tim. Oh, that picture makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> uh, something. It was Taze Gang. I don't really know what happened there. Um, in the out. in the draft lottery, Michelle was in charge of reading out all the team names, and she just said the Happy Toes Gang instead of Taves, and it's just, just running with it. I like it. That's yeah. great. Now I know. I was on Zoom with no audio, so I missed that whole joke. That's funny. <laughs> um, Robert Duckies is Daniel. Uh, Reese Grinders is Ashley, Scotty Myers, Nylander's Ninjas. Man, fun fact, anytime I meet, I work with someone from Ontario, I'm always like, oh, where are you from? Like, all Toronto, and if they're like, oh, where'd you go to high school? And they're like, Side. And I swear, at least like four people that I've treated uh, know Scott from high school. A little shout out. Can't tell you who, confidentiality, but... Uh, <laughs> the Side legend. Yeah, yeah, a little tidbit. People are buzzing. Um, Golden Dwight's is uh, Matt, Matt Olson. Olson. Yeah, yeah, nice great logo 
and Amplification Zian. So how many of these team names do you recognize? I was like from your last season. Most of them. Chic. I think my last season jockstrap was around Ollie Ollie Oxen Free, Happy Toes Gang, 12 Parsecs, Rubber Duckies. Wait, no, I guess did Rubber Duckies replace me? No, he replaced uh, Thornton in your side. Yes. Right. Uh, Greasy Grinders and then Amplification. Right on. Well, it's it's fun to look at this league with someone who's not in it and then actually be interested because um, I feel like people... <laughs> Emma, doesn't, Emma doesn't get too fired up when she's looking at it? No, no, not, no. Uh, it's not quite the same. But yeah, yeah so the season's still young. We'll see see how everything pans out. What's the, So is this a salary league? What, how does waiver budget work? Ooh, yeah, that's new this year. So... Um, to replace the like rotating waiver position, we found that like certain people like myself, I would just never ever pick up anyone on waivers and hope that someone really good got dropped. Um, so instead of that, we've gotten a waiver budget. So you have a hundred dollars for the year and you can bid whatever you want for any player. You can bid $0 if you want. Um, but it kind of allows a little more like strategy and rather than just like sit and wait or grab anybody, you can kind of, play it with a little more strategy that way so yeah these are some of the moves we made i i did in a fancy football league and and really liked it because yeah kind of it's like is this player good enough to burn a number one waiver claim no but like i put in like something for him so it kind of encourages moves and i think it's kind of going to come into play more this year because people have to drop players that are you know not playing for a week because they have covid or whatever so a little bit more yeah 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 flurry of activity on the waiver wire pretty cool it it is funny pete looking at that list has i think all those players have been dropped except for boone jenner yeah i still have couture but i mean it's only been like two weeks but yeah Yeah. it was kind of a i I mean some of the guys got hurt but yeah that's been a a thing i think that's changed a bit mike since you were in the league but i feel like using up your moves to try to get as many starts has really kind of taken off um Mm. Especially yeah, as the league gets more competitive. And uh, Peter, you were kind of on that early. I would have to give you credit for that. But now Yahoo actually has like a bar that tells you how many starts you have per week. Um, so, and you can see how much your opponent has. So then that's like a big part of like, you know, you set your lineup on Sunday night and then you look at your opponent on Monday morning. Like, shit, you know, Charlie's got 10 games in hand on me. I got to maximize my moves to try to, you know, get that edge back. Yeah, I feel like... Um you know, by cutting the managers that were perpetually in last place and not uh, starting their their lineups, the league's really got a, you know, a lot more competitive. I, don't know. I mean, I don't want to break, but I also had one season that I finished second, I think, so. <laughs> well, that was the thing that was frustrating is that you were really good, but then you just wouldn't start your players. So it was like... You know, things like, would come up. There's issues with ownership, I think, you know, upper management. Yeah. It was a lot of player-only meetings, and once you start having those, you know, you're already doomed. I mean, I have a last-place finish on my record, so I, uh, I can totally understand that. Do you have any um, favorite uh, fantasy players or keepers that uh, you enjoyed rostering or you're wondering where they're at these days in our league? I was wondering if anyone would be roster or like, yeah, I don't know. Obviously with the name Brosef, uh, you know, the Stahl brothers held a special uh, place in my heart. Um, and I was looking there just on that list. Couture used to be one of my keepers. So it's interesting to see him kind of floating around. Um, I don't know. I don't even remember who my other guys were. 
I remember you had Giroux early because I was oh, really yeah. jealous. I think I'd send you lots of uh, trade yeah. proposals or something. Yeah, I had him. I think I think I had Price. I think I worked that out, and then I was running with him. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. It's in a it's in a minute. It's probably been three. I think it was my last my first year moving out here was my last year in the league, and that's that's crazy. It's already been four years. Yeah, it's funny uh, you mentioned the Stahl brothers because I feel like one of the biggest stories uh, this season is like Jordan Stahl has just been killing it. So Charlie mm-hmm. picked him up for like a Sunday game and he had like two goals and assists. And like, I feel like he hasn't stopped scoring since. So mm-hmm. still getting it done all these years later. I feel like it's also worth noting that Charlie somehow also has Crosby and Ovechkin now. Yeah. And he had, and he had Malkin last year too, all three of them. So like, that would have been one, two, three, I think probably in our, our first ever draft. Yeah. Uh, so similar to when Pete had uh, Eric Carlson claimed about waivers. <laughs> we, that's yeah. when you that's when you needed the bidding for it. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, those would be the perfect situations. I feel like everyone just empty their wallets. And yeah. it's funny because I got Dougie Hamilton this past year off waivers too. I didn't actually end up keeping him, but I, that was kind of the thing that initiated. Like, okay, we need a better system here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people put in waiver claims. I forget. Do you, is there an IR spot? Yeah, we actually put yeah, in a second one this yeah. year. So I feel like that's big too. It's like sometimes if you're off to a good start, it's like trading for someone, just like throwing them on the IR until the end of the season. Yeah, and we do we did like a flex, so it's IR plus. So you can put day to day or out or IR, uh, which COVID, definitely does helps. Does COVID work on that? Uh, yeah, it's it kind of depends. Some guys get the status and some guys don't. Um, so that's kind of like they actually have to, to like plan for get it or like be placed yeah. on the list like the, yeah. <laughs> you know it's like you know if you're gonna miss the game like at least give me the it better be your fault yeah. but it, it kind of sucks because it's like you know Habs are playing the Leafs and then like the Habs get COVID like all the Leafs players aren't playing but they're not right. eligible for IR so yeah yeah definitely new challenges this year but we're just kind of riding through it hoping the the season finishes as it's supposed yeah, to it finishes period. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully yeah, totally. we make it it was pretty ruthless last year because like you know covid interrupted a lot of things but it also like started like the first week of our fantasy playoffs too so everyone was so fired up about playoffs and a couple of teams have made some like really like big moves like trading away all their picks to get ready for a playoff run and then like two days in it's like yeah no more no more games it's weird. It's like they didn't consider you guys when they shut down the league. No. It's really a shame. Yeah. It's it's funny because I was initially excited because I had McKinnon and Tarasenko out with injuries like halfway through the matchup and I was losing and then they they started postponing games. And I was like, sweet. Yeah. They'll all be they'll all be healthy when they start up again. But by the time it all got back going, we we're like, this doesn't make sense to resume. Was because like Rudy Gobert got in the NBA and then like the shut the league down. Was there even like an outbreak in the NHL? No. no, they just they just followed suit. I feel like yeah, that was yeah. that was actually for me the moment the pandemic like sunk in as real. It was like the NBA season got canceled. Yeah. And I feel like everything happened in three days where it was like NHL's gone, then all of a sudden Ontario's on lockdown, and it was like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? I remember because I get all the notifications on like the score app on my phone, and instead of just being like season canceled, you got like an individual notification for each game that was canceled <laughs> in each league. And I just had my phone in my pocket. I was at work working with someone and like, it's just going like, zzz, 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 and it just like went nonstop. It's like, oh man, something's going on. Yeah. And I pulled it out. I was like, oh, okay. That's, we could have done this in a, in a better way. 
I just think, remember, Chris and I had a beer league hockey game that night that I think Gobert had it, or the NBA season got canceled, and we were kind of like, oh, this is, like, real. And then, as it turns out, that was our last uh, beer league game for the past year. Yeah. We were supposed to go to a concert the next night, and it got canceled, and then it came out a month later that he actually, Sturgill Simpson, actually had COVID. Had it, jeez. Yeah, like... We had no idea. We're like, it was like we didn't even know if we were gonna go up until like the day before. I feel like, AP. Hey, yeah, it was. It was kind of like the concert wasn't canceled, and we were like, well, even if it's still happening, do we want to go to? Yeah. With fifteen thousand other people, like. Yeah, we had uh, plane tickets and everything. We were going to Mexico on the Saturday, and the NBA canceled on the Tuesday, and then on Thursday we're like, no, like we can still go, but then we pulled trigger and canceled it all on Friday. Hindsight, we should have just gone, but. <laughs> it's wild to think. It feels like so long ago. Like, yeah. It really does. Okay, well, I hate to put that on a, a, a down <laughs> note. Uh, <laughs> hey, here's a, here's a fun, uh, fun little fact here. I'll show you a little piece of decoration. So on our fireplace, we got a map of Lake of the Woods. You can't really see it. But at the top of that is Kenora, Ontario. Can you name a famous NHLer that came from Kenora, Ontario? Wow. You got to be able to get this one. Is the map like relevant to the no. hockey? Well, okay. that's where that's where Jen's from. Okay. So that's why we have it. Used to be called Rat Portage. I'll have to whip that one out. Can you give uh, me a hint, era-wise? Uh, he played for the team whose sweater you're wearing. Oh crap! That's why I should know this. I'll just say um, Mike Richards. Yeah, Mike Richards, Kenora, no way. born and bred. Boy. Yeah. That's a, yeah, maybe that is also ending on a low because he's had a bit of a rough go. Yeah, but in his glory days, he was a flyer through and through. Always liked watching him. Cool. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate the the little plug in, and uh, I'm still in that um, Facebook chat, and I don't really keep up with it because I have no idea what's going on. And then I just kept getting these notifications <laughs> saying I was getting tagged in posts. So I was like, oh, I'm either, either getting made fun of or they're trying to get my attention. So it's yeah, one of the two. Out. I mean, end of the day, really both. So. Oh, it's yeah, good well, to talk to you again, Mike. Um, yeah, man. For sure. Like you'll have to keep us updated on the success of your work pools upcoming yeah. this year. Yeah. Keep your streak going. Yeah, I've also won a, a soccer pool that one of my friends back home managed for me, but don't tell don't tell anyone that because I know nothing about <laughs> soccer. But yeah, no, appreciate uh, you guys having me on, and uh, best of luck in episode five and all the the future ones. It'll be a tough act to follow after this one, but I think you guys will do just fine. Yeah, well, maybe you, you know you'll break the ice uh, if they're like, oh, if Mike can be on it, then yeah. I can. Uh, I can. Probably... You just got to get some some promo codes going, start selling some merch. And yeah, we're kind of some with Manscaped, I think. Nice. Rust 20, <laughs> Rust 20 for 20% yeah, off your first exactly. purchase. Exactly. Well, yeah, great to see you and happy that you're, um, you know, still participating in some pools after your Justice League retirement. You know, uh, I just needed busy. to do less work. That was the key. Okay, yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Enjoy the rest of the episode and uh, hi to everyone in the league. I miss you guys. Take so, care, Mike. Yeah, you too. That was a blast in the past. Nice to hear from Mike again. He didn't actually own up to it, I think, on the air, but he was talking about right beforehand that he has won every fantasy league he's been in since leaving the Justice League. So maybe we're uh, we're all better for it, the fact that he's gone. <laughs> yeah, maybe he intentionally left it out of the live recording because he didn't want anyone to fact-check him. So we're exposing those uh, 
those uh, claims and whether or not they're true remains to be seen. Yeah, I'm trying to check. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm trying to find his Yahoo profile right now, but I'm not having any <laughs> success. Well, yeah. uh, it was a, a wild week in the Justice League in week four. The shuffling of the standings continues. Hard to name a perennial favorite so far or a season favorite so far. But uh, what do you want to get off on the recap with, Pete? Well, I mean, you say that, but I uh, the first matchup that jumped out to me was heart attack beating amplification eight, nothing to move yeah. in the first place. Um, Reese with a 26, eight and two record on the year. So, um, and, uh, you look at some of the categories, like they weren't real, even all that close, like a lot of doubling up in terms of quantities. Um, and, uh, Ian was able to tie in wins and actually had pretty good goaltending stats, but, uh, Reese was just, a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. It's funny. Actually, as I said that, I'm thinking like, oh yeah, heart attack. I feel like I always think Reese's team looks so good at the draft day. And then he's disappointed me <laughs> a few times. So I wasn't, I wasn't really uh, expecting it, expecting it this year, but um, yeah, he put in a, a statement, I would say there. Like uh, I will say he had 13 games played in hand over Ian. So Ian, yeah. start your guys. And, you know, COVID can affect those things too. Um, but even then, like, I feel like whenever Reese wins and McDavid doesn't put up nine points, I pay attention. And so, like, Cam Atkinson showing up huge. Um, you know, he's on a five-game goal-scoring streak right now. Uh, so that's kind of something to watch out for. He's he's finally panning out maybe. Um, but he had a big week for him. And, uh, and yeah, like, just huge numbers across the board. He, there's not a week... Aside from wins, I guess, there's not a weak performance in any of the categories. Yeah, I, I would echo those statements. Like, anytime um, Reese can put up those big numbers and McDavid has an off week, like, the rest of the league need, needs to take notice a bit. Um, nice nice performances, though, um, on the inside from Mike Hoffman, who's kind of finding his groove in St. Louis, has been playing a lot better as of late. And uh, pretty good goaltending from Carey Price. And James Reimer, you know, hasn't always been able to get it done, but he's kind of had this opportunity in Carolina, and, and they can put together some wins. So we'll uh, see how that carries on into this week. Where do you want to go to next, Chris? Um, well, I think I had one more thing to say, but it's gone now <laughs> into the ether. So uh, moving forward, I'm going to take a look at as good as gold versus 12 parsecs. Um, a couple of weeks back, we named Jordan as uh, kind of the man to beat. And since then, he has now regressed to exactly 500, losing 5-3 to, uh, to Kyle's squad. Um, and I think, like, the big story for me here is Justin Falk is, like, you know, the one that got away from me. Like, he was sitting there, uh, you know, putting up some decent numbers, and I just didn't believe it. And he's, you know, two goals, two assists, two power play points. Um, that's some, that's pretty sweet, uh, and accounted for a, a good portion of Kyle's offense. Um, and overall, like pretty low player starts, uh, from both squads. What do you see Pete? Yeah, I think definitely some, um, COVID, uh, implications here with, um, Kyle, I think posted a screenshot early in the matchup without having more guys postponed than actually playing. So, yeah. you know, rostering some, flyers some wild players 
um, some abs that'll, uh, that'll do it. And then Jordan as well, losing, um, games from the abs and, uh, losing, um, Leonard and, and Kudobin not really starting at all for him caused him to yeah really kind of have a tough time competing in this matchup. Although I will say again, um, even if Jordan had been able to get some starts in, uh, just great performances from Vasilevsky and Anderson. So, you know, I think Kyle probably would have ended up out on top uh, in the goaltending categories anyway, but it is tough. And I, I think Jordan, you know, I, I still think he has a great team. And I think maybe in this, this season, having a really deep and balanced team has almost hurt him in a way where he has really good players and it's hard to justify dropping any of them if they're not playing or he needs to make up starts. Like maybe it's a little easier for some of us that have a bunch of 12th round picks that we're like, yeah, well, you know, I don't need you anymore and you can cut bait, but he's had some, I'm sure tough roster decisions as uh, he's seen his players not able to play for various reasons. Yeah. That's a good call. Like it's, it's really interesting to see the way COVID affects strategy. And I wouldn't have thought of having, as you're saying, a, a deep, strong team be a, a disadvantage, but you're totally right. If you can't, if you can't drop the guys, then you're handcuffed. And, you know, he, he had, he did manage 37 players or 37 starts total, but um, definitely the guys who weren't playing were not guys you could drop like Makar and Rantman to name a few. Um, I think also I have to give credit again to Kyle. Uh, we kind of cast, shed some doubt on uh, his goaltending strategy with, with keeping two and it has really rebounded and worked out really well for him. So those I'm, I'm once again, terrified of having to face Kyle eventually and not sure how I'm going to string that together with my, with my goalies. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to head there now? Look at your matchup, Chris, I, if we must, I mean, we got to do it at some point. Let's rip the bandaid off. All right. Well, um, I can start, I guess it, I have to say, like, I was feeling pretty good. I, I can't remember the last time I sat atop the justice league standings. And so, uh, this was a bit of an ego shot for me. Yeah. Th- this matchup was, was interesting. Cause, um, while the final score says seven to two for all the oxen free over the, the weathermen, it was actually was a lot closer than that. And I don't think it ever actually said seven to two. If you looked at it throughout the weeks, um, the big story for me was the goalie starts or, or lack thereof. Cause um, both you and Charlie were really struggling to find starts and neither of you had met your minimums uh, by Sunday. So each of you had kind of made your moves to try to acquire some goalie starts. You picked up Mike Smith a couple hours too late to uh. miss out on his start. Um, grab Chris Dreger, who wasn't, um, who didn't get a chance to go in the net, even though Bobrovsky let in six goals in two periods, they left him in there. Um, but you did pick up Marcus Hogberg just as a, a start. And he ended up having a really, really good, uh, start, probably his best of the year, probably the best we'll see all year. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, unfortunately you couldn't benefit from it because, uh, you couldn't find that third goaltending start yeah it was like it's really funny i think i texted you at some point maybe on thursday saying i can't decide between giving my all and trying to get these goalie starts and meeting minimums or getting a hitter and if you look i lost 66 to 65 in hits and i didn't meet minimum requirements i think i rostered five goalies in this matchup um dubnik also got hurt 
right away or is <laughs> out on Monday. Um, like one thing that I never considered before, and it's just because uh, it happened to me, but there's a funny thing here. So we have minimum goalie requirements to avoid like the shutout and bench strategy. Basically, you know, we have average stats, so you need to have a minimum sample size. That makes sense. But what's funny to me is that I tried my damnedest to get my goalie starts. I used all my moves on goalies except for one, I think. Um, and I did, but I actually won wins, which is a counting stat. So despite only having two starts, I had more wins than Charlie. And yet I still forfeit that. So I'm not looking for sympathy just thinking, uh, moving forward. I don't know if we have that kind of control over the Yahoo settings, but I would be in favor of saying like, that shouldn't be a forfeit because it's a counting set. It's not an advantage to only have two starts in the wins cat. Yeah. This probably is the first time this has happened in our league, but I totally hear you where, you know, one win out of two starts is better than zero and three. So um, I'm not sure if Yahoo has that ability to split it, but definitely a weird quirk. And um, when you're in these tight matchups, swinging a category like that can really make a big difference. But uh, I will say too, like you were on the goalie hunt, but Jordan or sorry, Charlie was also uh, cutting it pretty close where he, uh, I think got two starts on Sunday um, to mate, meet the minimums. Um, or he, he had one start from Vanacek and he also picked up Oscar Dansk who yeah. 0% rostered. And I don't think has played a game in two years, but kind of as a hail Mary, maybe just in case uh, Vanacek didn't, didn't start. So it was definitely uh, a nail biter in terms of just who, <laughs> who can have enough uh, minimum starts. So yeah, only in this COVID season, I think you'd see something like that. It's funny. Also, I, I was just thinking, uh, like looking at some of the, the player stats, I felt like I got off really easy with Brady Kachuk's stats this week. <laughs> and then like looking and he led all in, in terms of the matchup, he led in shots on goal and hits and had a goal and an assist. So I think like in some areas, like the, the skater cats were really hard to predict with, with losing some, uh, some starts for my big guys, but then also like Ovechkin and Kachuk didn't really show up for, uh, for Charlie in the way they normally would. So I kind of got off easy there. Um, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll chalk that one up to COVID and, and hopefully I think I have, yeah, I've got like five goalie starts already this week. So yeah, they all come when you don't need them. Exactly. All right. Uh, moving on, I'm going to look at uh, the rubber duckies pulling off the six, three win over the golden Dwight's. Um, I guess, you know, we have to comment on it, but again, another matchup where, uh, Matt did not meet his minimum goalie requirements. So I think that's four teams or three teams so far that just this past week that didn't meet minimums. And, uh, you know, between Shesterkin and Samsonov and Elliot, you'd think he would have found it, but uh, Samsonov on the COVID list and Philly getting some games postponed really kind of prevented Matt from getting the starts he needed. And uh, even though he had some good, um, uh, counting stats from his two starts from Chesterkin. Um, uh, Daniel was able to take all three goaltending categories, and that was the difference in the 6 3 win. Yeah, totally. I think, like, um, it, it was a, actually a heavyweight goalie matchup. Unfortunately, that, that Matt didn't, didn't get the starts. I mean, Flurry put up a hell of a week, uh, and Matt or uh, Daniel also got two more starts out of his guys. 
but yeah, just looking at looking forward, thinking like we can't really, like I don't want to get rid of the minimum goalie requirements. But uh, as someone who is you know combing the waiver wire for goalies, like there's a a lot of goalies that are owned. And like, now that I have three on my roster who are probably starting, I'm actually loath to drop anyone. So uh, I think it will be interesting, especially noticing several people going with the strategy of owning few goalies and kind of hoping to pick up starts. That's becoming a lot more difficult due to this. So I think that will be like, it's probably really frustrating for someone like Matt who has three goalies and then is like, Oh, I just need to pick up a backup. And like, I've got you know, I think I actually had seven goalies over the course of that, that match. I'm, I'm picking up Casey DeSmith and, and Charlie's picking up Dansk. And it's like, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel there. So uh, as much as it's frustrating for us, I think it's also probably frustrating for, for guys who like just need a good, honest third start and, and can't come by it anywhere. Yeah. I think it's, it's um, one of those things where that strategy only works. If a few people are doing it, if everyone adopts it, then uh, it, it becomes less advantageous to, to get your pick of the litter. Um, I, I think too, just to, you know, as a general statement about this week, this matchup, I think this was probably the, the heaviest COVID hit the NHL in general. So there was a ton of postponements and a ton of kind of last minute cancellations or late injury news. So really hard to adjust on the fly and, kind of something that we hope that the NHL can kind of figure their stuff out and it doesn't get this dire again. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all hoping for that to kind of alleviate and, and, uh, there'll be growing pains, I guess. Um, one thing I want to touch on, uh, obviously I'm a little biased in this department, uh, is just Jack Roslovic. Uh, I'm not totally sure how to say his last name, but I am totally sure that he's performing way above uh, expectation. I was reading a thing about the Jackets power play and the way he has impacted that. So all of a sudden he's like their number one power play center and they've gone from a 6% efficiency to an 18% efficiency. 18 percent's <laughs> not very good, but it's tripled. And yeah. I would not at all have thought that. And I think he's, he's actually the driving force rather than line a. Um, and so that's been really interesting. And I think like uh, kudos to Matt for, having the i mean he's got the double up there he's got the stack with both, them, yeah. both of them and that could actually i wouldn't have ever wanted a jacket stack especially on the power play but uh that's like really interesting to me yeah i mean and if if you've seen any of the highlights like it's not like russlov is having shots go off his skate or anything like he's had some really amazing goals and it looks like he's kind of that spark that Columbus need up the middle. And I think it'd be so funny if in the future, like we look back at this Dubois line, eight trade, and we refer to it as like the Ruslavic trade. Like if he becomes the most valuable piece, I know, you know, other good players so far, I think he's been um, the one grabbing the headlines. Yeah. You can only hope. I, I think it's really funny. Just like reading articles about it immediately afterwards. And it was, they're all talking about the void at center uh, in Columbus. And then, uh, and, you know, like, it's easy to write a guy off. Like, I think he was kind of salty about the opportunity he was given in, in Winnipeg. Um, and that's why he was dealt. And he's he's grabbed the bull by the horns and really walked the walk. So I think, like, that will be interesting to, to see where that goes. Anyways, back to the matchup. I just, as a Columbus fan, we're not often in the, <laughs> in the headlines. And it's something that's really surprised me. Um, 
one last thing too. I feel like we're in like 2015 because we're talking to Mike Green about fantasy hockey and Dustin Brown is uh, killing it for um, the hitting and power play and scoring. So that was a great pickup by Daniel grabbing, uh, grabbing Dustin Brown. And he really uh, helped out with two goals and, and Daniel ended up winning the goal category by one. So he was a crucial, crucial piece. Yeah, totally. Despite like how ugly it has gotten quickly in, in Los Angeles, you know, they were a huge heavyweight a couple of years ago. Uh, Kopitar and Brown are showing that they're not going anywhere anytime soon. All right. Um, moving on. We're going to touch on the closest match of the week and a real heavyweight um, jocks traps and chic tying four, four Pete, what, uh, what stood out to you in your own matchup? Yeah, this is uh, funny because out of four matchups, I've already tied twice. So don't always get that often. But there's something about the tie where I feel like if you were leading the matchup for most of the week, it feels like a loss. And if you were trailing and then you come back to tie, it feels like a win. So this was one where it was actually pretty back and forth. Um, I think what was the thing that I was watching the most was the goaltending. Um, she ended up winning all three goaltending categories, but the wins were four to three. The goal, the goals against was 1.2 to 2.3 and the save percentage was, uh, 957 to 930. So while he won, I, my goalies played well. And I feel like this is justice uh, to lose with great goaltending stats after kind of being gifted a goaltending sweep last week. Cause Jordan's goalies weren't playing. So everything is kind of leveling out in the, in the world. And, and that's why uh, this ended up as a tie. Yeah, definitely. And even to like, to give you some credit, uh, you started anti Ranta out of necessity uh, to try to reach uh, on Sunday and he did terribly. Um, so I think the, the percentage stats were a lot closer and uh, you know, kudos to, to Halak, the shutout and yeah. Markstrom continues to, you know, do really well uh, maybe not his last game but overall has has put up some awesome numbers um so a really hard fought matchup and now you, after this matchup you guys are two and three in the standings um and i'm not eager to play either of you but i think again like what i again what i noticed is like both teams the really balanced attack uh no one like what really went off and you both put up good scoring numbers and and uh and Pete, I would also say your peripherals might have been the best in the league. Uh, so despite the tie, like 104 shots, 56 hits, and 37 blocks, like that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Radko's still been killing it for me. I didn't need him as much this matchup because I had a bit of a cushion for hits. But yeah, pretty happy to have these guys that are shooting and hitting. And I think it makes it a lot easier to swallow when you look at your team if they don't end up scoring. You're like, okay, well. They, at least they did something. So yeah, it was, uh, it was good, but yeah, cheek definitely is a strong roster. So I'm, I'm happy to come up with a tie. Could have been worse. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's go to Nylander's ninjas with the five, four win over ha ha ho. Um, <laughs> I just, it, it comes up in red when you click the, um, matchup. Um, summary or whatever, but ha ha ho also did not meet goalie requirements in this matchup. Um, he did have a better goals against average, but I think he was only on one start. So, uh, Scott was able to take all three goaltending categories with, with 
good performances from all three of his goalies. Um, each got a win, and uh, Bobrovsky actually, when Scott started him, he uh, performed admirably. Yeah, uh, again, it seems to be the story of this week, but, you know, you got to make do, and it, it's totally due to strategy, and, and uh, Scott snapped up Bobrovsky with a high waiver bid, and he got a really effective start and really chose the right game to start him. Like, uh, it's just funny seeing Bobrovsky's season save percentage is 844, uh, but he put up a 969 for Scott, and that's uh, that was really great for him. Obviously, he didn't really need anything, but uh, just the start. And, and Braden Point, you know, uh, two goals, four assists, four power play points, and 10 shots. Um, that's the kind of production that Scott was missing when – uh, Tampa was having postponed games, and so it's good to see him soldier on and and get 39 games played and and come away with a matchup win. Yeah, um, pretty good peripheral numbers from Peter, um, putting up 100 shots, over 60 hits. Um, those are numbers that are usually top of the leaderboards any any kind of week. Um, and uh, really good performance on Sunday from Brian Rust, putting up uh, two goals and an assist, um, six shots. But those two goals ended up um, giving Peter the edge in the goals category and, and making this a, a really close matchup. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm, I'm also noticing it's interesting to see uh, the scoring stats were pretty close. Uh, just interesting to like look at the way different rosters perform. But like again. I think I just said that you had the best peripherals, but Peter's were just as potent um, with, with guys contributing, not just in goals and assists, which were good numbers, but um, everybody shooting, everybody hitting, everybody blocking shots. Like the, the defensive performance from Hahaho was, was pretty great in terms of uh, points and peripherals. Yeah. Seth Jones, especially 14 shots, 13 hits, three assists. Yeah. Well, I think that we only have one more left, which is the uh, Greasy Grinders and the Happy Toes Gang. I'm happy to know this, the backstory of that joke. It's funny. When I was when I was driving across the country here, I tried to zoom in. I'm sure you guys remember, and I couldn't figure out how to use it on my phone because I have the technological savvy of an 85-year-old. But uh, <laughs> now I understand the random weird toes thing. That's That's really funny. <laughs> yeah not just the typo there was some intention behind it um but yeah tim came away with a 5-3 win uh moves into a playoff spot in seventh um ashley on the outside looking in uh, but overall a pretty close matchup and uh what what stood out to you peter uh well nice to see a matchup where both teams are able to get their all their goal tending starts in um, Kemper providing the uh, good percentage numbers, good goals against and percentage for Ashley and uh, Corpus Allo getting two wins for Tim to give him the edge there. Um, I think a unique thing about this matchup was that they tied in hits, um, which is pretty yeah. rare, especially for a category that can kind of uh, be accumulated in, in bulk and by a couple players. So, um, going to Sunday, um, Tim got two extra hits from Martinez in the late game to uh, to force the tie. But kind of a funny thing here where he also had Brandon Tanev going on Sunday. And so Tanev had 
uh, a goal, which is great. But it, in this scenario, he was already down by a bunch of goals and probably would have rather Tanev just get more than three hits. But um, three is all he ended up with, and that ended up uh, equaling Ashley's total for the week. So they tied at 51. Yeah. Um, that's funny, eh? Like, it always seems to work out that way. You're like, okay, good. I got my bruiser going. You know, I think I think Tanev put up 38 hits in the first matchup or something yeah. ridiculous like that. So, you know, three hits would be good for anyone else. But in that situation, it's a little disappointing. I think the other thing that just immediately jumps out to me is that Ashley nearly nearly had more hits than shots, which I can't even <laughs> conceive of getting for my roster. And so really, uh, you know, hitting the, the namesake with the greasy grinders um, and uh, also coming away with the goals win. And, yeah, Kemper coming up big. Again, like, it's hard to see so many good players lost to, to injuries and then also to COVID. Um, so you don't always get a good picture of, like, what each roster looks like uh, or or whatnot, but also how people kind of can manage according to the evolving situation to reuse the overused term. I think the other thing I'm noticing is, is Philip Forsberg had 19 shots. Like that's awesome. <laughs> I'm really surprised to see that. I think that's the highest total we've seen all week from anyone. Um, yeah. So he never did that for me, my team in all the years I owned him, but uh, good to see a good performance out of him. Yeah, he's he's waking up. And Chris, that's a good point about like losing players. Um, both teams lost some players that uh, are important to their rosters, and especially in Buffalo, I think it's kind of funny because Eichel is one of the centerpieces of Tim's team and and offers a lot in terms of scoring. But Ashley losing Ristolainen, like both of them are kind of equally important to their respective teams, but they cover different categories. So. Yeah, it's too bad we don't get to see that each team's at full strength, but at least they kind of balance each other out with their absences. Yeah, totally. And and it's also interesting, like, I feel like I have a lot less sympathy for someone losing a guy to injury now where I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that sucks. Like, I'm losing guys to COVID or whatever. But it's still, like, really frustrating, especially seeing, like, uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with Ristolainen. I can't totally read his player notes here. But just, like, not only having the postponed games, but you're like, sweet you know, they're coming back to play and then he doesn't keep playing. I think that's like so frustrating. That's what we talked about previously about maybe some lingering effects of COVID and how it affects different players and different teams uh, in different ways. So anyway, this was a good, good matchup and uh, pretty, pretty close score. Um, Happy to see some close scores this week. I'll be at some from the, um, goalie requirements but uh yeah i think we're we're at the maybe one third point of the the league so you're starting to see teams um finding their their spot in the standings season's still young but um we have a bit of a bigger sample size to draw from when we look at some of these players and some of these teams yeah it definitely feels like we're getting a feel for what this season's going to be like like you know, Toronto and Montreal actually seem like they can win some games. And, um, you know, just as I was really doubting, you know, Montreal scoring, you see Toffoli and Gallagher putting up a big night against the Leafs. Um, just a, in a small anecdote there. But, like, uh, it's kind of fun to get to that point where you're not just like, oh, okay, like, this guy has a goal a game, but, you know, we're in week two, and I don't yeah. know if, if he's going to be able to keep it up. So I think, like, uh, the big significant pickups have been made. And, 
now it's just a matter of hoping you can get enough starts uh, to have a fighting chance in your matchups. Yeah, well, I think that um, that covers it for the week four recap. Um, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Mike Green. Um, some uh, interesting notes, I guess, it's probably how you're going to be listening to this, but uh, we are going to publish on uh, Spotify and some other podcasting uh, services. So if you want to listen in your commute or whatever, feel free to check us out and new episodes will, will drop there. Yeah. Thanks Peter for setting that all up. And uh, that's kind of fun to have, make it feel a little official. And I think probably uh, we'll keep rolling with this uh, week in, week out, do a little recap and um, might not always post it, but if you're, if you're eager and you want to hear our takes on the the last week in the justice league, just uh, hammer on that subscribe, follow whatever it's called button on Spotify. And uh, you can keep up to date with what we're posting. Yeah, for sure. And if, if you enjoyed the interview with Mike, um, you know, we are, uh, fantasy hockey freaks and we love to, to chat about it. So if, if you're interested in, uh, being featured or hopping on, we'd love to have more guests. It makes it fun for us and, and good to hear other perspectives of, uh, of, uh, the other managers and, and how you manage your team. So I think that's it. We're going to sign off. So, uh, best of luck in your matchups this week. Keep your stick on the ice. Keep your stick on the ice and your players on your roster. Good luck, guys. (laughs) All right.